You know a lot about golf. Well, we're waiting. And of course, it's time for us. And since it's time for us, we decided we'd show up. We are those weekend golf guys. I'm John Ashton in the studio. He is Golf Magazine Top 100 teacher Jeff Smith out at uh, Eagle, Eagle yes. Springs. Eagle yes. Springs in Walcott, Colorado, baby. He's out there spending his uh, summer. Are you guys under that that high pressure and getting those three-digit temperatures? Or are you just cool no. up there in the mountains? Yeah, No, dude, we're so high in the mountains. It got up to 90 here just one day. But, you know, it's dry. Didn't even feel it. I mean, it just evaporates. You know, you you don't even sweat. You're just enjoying that Rocky Mountain high. Mm, I am. You know, interestingly enough, yesterday I had a great day of training people how to practice. You know, a lot of the time, you know, you, you fix people's troubles and then you teach them how to practice. And, you know, I want to make today's show about practice. And I know that this word pains you. So it's going to get said a lot during the show. So I'm hoping that you got your coffee. I do. Right? I got coffee. I'm ready. I can yeah, deal with coffee, this. Got you. Yeah, you got, your, you got your ibuprofen and your coffee and you're all set, right? A little Xanax, calm me down. Yeah, I'm fine. It's interesting. In this Vale Valley, there's so many people that are athletes that come to train. And there's physical therapy up here. And so the mindset of people that are here, they want to improve themselves. So okay. I get to teach people how to practice better. More better it's, practice. The, the thing you say is don't practice till you get it right. Practice until you can't get it wrong. That's what the great players do, isn't it? Yeah. It's a motto that I've had for a long time because that's exactly what it is. Is all of these great players, they don't leave anything to chance. They yeah. practice so much that they know what's coming. Yeah. And and they're prepared for whatever it is that's coming. Yeah. You know, I, I taught a young man yesterday, and he was an athlete. He was a quarterback on his football team. He is um, an, an, a, a terrific athlete, but the mindset that he has is something I wish that I could pull out of him and give to every one of my students. Not just is the kid imminently coachable. Right but he is invested in what he's doing at the moment. His body is there. His mind is a hundred percent there. You can tell that he's wanting to improve and takes coaching and understands exactly why doing this thing would make him improve at the thing that he needs to do to play better golf. You know, brings up a question. Yeah. In my head, which comes first? Is is an athlete imminently coachable because they're so used to being coached? Or are they a great athlete because they demand being coached? Well, I think it's the, the great ones demand being coached. Mm -hmm. They want, they, are, they have this burning desire to be better. Right. And so they will find someone to coach them in the way that they can really see that can make them better. Yeah. Yeah. That makes um, perfect sense, man. I, I think that there is part of that in, in everybody. Once you make a connection with someone who can make you get better. And once you, but, once you notice the improvement. 
yeah. in, in yourself and you go, Hey, this right. is pretty cool, man. I'm going to keep listening right. to this dude. Cause he knows whereof he speaks. You know, one of the problems that we've run into time and time again with amateur golfers, we're going to not, not right now, maybe later on, we will talk about the time commitment for practicing and how it, how it bites into our time allowed to play golf or allotted to play golf. One of the other complaints is that the practice facilities that most of us have access to are not the same as a golf course. So that going to the old fashioned driving range doesn't really emulate the conditions of playing on a golf course. No, it doesn't because most driving ranges don't let you go to places that have hills and slopes. It's primarily flat. Yep. So what do we do when we're on those types of practice ranges? Well, the first thing I want to do is hit little pitch shots. Okay. And I want to, I want to hit chips. I want to hit pitches. I want to hit small things. And then what I want to do is start to work on the basics of my motion. What does my body repeat? Where can I make my club go through? What can I learn from that scenario? And yes, I can learn to control my ball flight. Mm -hmm. But after that, I want to transfer it to the course. So what I must do is go practice on the course. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So here's the trouble that most people have. Time. Yep. Exactly. Now, most golf courses are effectively businesses of getting people to start on number one and finish on number 18 in four hours. Mm -hmm. But almost every golf course has times where they're slower on one half the golf course or the other. And you could go out there and actually just drop balls in one scenario or another and play golf shots from there and learn to hit this particular shot and that particular shot. Go punch one out between the trees and learn how to hit that shot. And it's valuable time. So here's what you do, folks is you go call up the golf course and you find out when are they slow on the day that you can go and go out there and don't start on the tee and go play to the green, go to certain shots and hit those shots and to practice those shots, go pick up your balls and move on to another scenario and keep pace with the group in front of you. So that way you're never going to hold up play if it happens to get busy. Yeah. And just learn of your surroundings. You know, if it does start to get busy and you do start to see people behind you, either let them play through. If it's just the one group or if there's a a line, just move on, keep going. Right. Yeah. But don't be a nuisance and don't cause problems and never slow anybody up. However, that doesn't mean you need to, Hit a T shot, hit a second shot, hit a third shot, hit a fourth shot, hit a fifth shot. It means that you need to go practice in certain scenarios. So let's say 
that you go to a place. On hole number one, I'm going to go practice the punch out through the trees. I'm going to hit four or five of those things out there and go pick up my balls. And then I've still got plenty of time left to go throw my ball around the green in various places. So I got five balls. I've hit punch shots out. And then I go pick up those five balls and I go up to the green and I throw out those five balls randomly around the green and then go get them up and down. Mm -hmm. Now I'm practicing my up and down game. Yeah. Don't place them just as he said, randomly. So that determines what the lie is going to be. Not you. (laughs) Exactly. Because that's exactly what it is. But then now I've practiced my punch out game and I practice my up and down game on hole number one. Yeah. And then I go to hole number two, and maybe then I'll practice my tee shot game, and I'll hit two or three tee shots. Right. Then I will go pick them up. Yeah. And then I will go move up to the green again, and I will practice my long putt game, Mm -hmm. and practice my mid-range putt game. And if I'm by myself, and I take up the time hitting those shots that a foursome would take playing the hole... I got more good practice in, in the same amount of time. And I have not disrupted anybody behind me. Right. And you have gotten a specific practice. That's right. It's it's not just like at a driving range, as you said, you're just, you know, it's static. It's all flat. Uh, you can practice your, your swing. You can practice your movements. You can practice ball flight and aiming, but still you need the real conditions of the golf course itself in order to improve. That's right. So let's think about a lot of golf courses. Their putting greens are generally not built with the same kind of slopes that are out on the golf course. Right. They're, I, I don't want to call them afterthoughts because many are not, but some are. Mm-hmm. And some courses were designed with a lot of humps and bumps on the golf course, but they don't have a putting green that represents the same thing. So it's very beneficial to do your up and down game a lot on the golf course. Right. So could you imagine, John, on the third hole that you decided your up and down game needed more work? And you didn't hit any other shots on the third hole. So you left the second green and then you went to the third hole and you just went up to the green and waited for the, the group that's in front of you to clear the green. And then you went around and had the entire time of that would take for your golf hole to be played all in the up and down category on this golf course, on this golf hole. Yeah. Maybe you'd hit 10 of them, maybe 15 of them. By the time the other group caught you, then you picked them up <laughs> Move on. and moved on to the next tee. That's right. Yeah. So the, the point here is, is learn how to transfer your practice to the real live situation that you're in. And you know what this he will do coming up is do. he will explain exactly how to do that in many different scenarios and situations. Because we're talking about, as difficult as it is, practice. How to do it right, how to do it purposefully. We'll be right back. We are those weekend golf guys. 
And we are back. Thanks for hanging. We are those weekend golf guys. I'm John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith. I'm in the studio. He's out at uh, Eagle Springs Golf Course, Golf Club. I'll get it right eventually, one of these days, man. We're talking about practice. We have a guest coming up in the next segment. One of the problems we have, and, and I asked him about it too, and I'll ask you, driving ranges, dedicated practice facilities seem to be going away. I had a friend here in Louisville whose family owned one. I mean, there's a lot of acreage for a driving range and and a lot of facilities necessary. Some real estate developer came in and offered them an exorbitant amount of money. They're going to build a warehouse there. And uh, it was a lot more than they could make selling large buckets of balls every day. So they sold out. It's gone. It had been there for, you know, almost 50 years and it was gone. And that seems to be happening all over the place. Is it that or is it the fact that top golf and facilities like that are now taking over that space where you can like they're becoming more like bowling alleys where you can go. Well, I think and you, you got to you got to understand there's both, right? Because Top Golf and and the like, right? Drive Shack and others, they've taken the the driving range concept and said we need we are going to inject a whole bunch of fun into this, right. and they're making money on the fun. They're making money on the glitz and the food and the drink and all the stuff, right? But also part of the average ordinary driving range's problem has been they get beat to death. Because they didn't have a good enough hitting surface, it would go away fast. John, you live in Louisville. I'm based. I'm from Indiana, but I'm in Colorado. So let's just say we're all seasonal. All right. So let's say you got a driving range. You, John, are the owner of a driving range, which is I find that just comical that you could actually own a practice facility. I could own it. I could make money from it. I don't need to use it. (laughs) Long-term listeners of the show know exactly what I'm saying here. But anyway, the point is there's a growing season and it takes time to grow grass. And then all of a sudden grass goes dormant. But if you're going to have a business that's say hopefully year round or 10 months or something, you're in a short window of opportunity to actually have live healthy grass. And then if it gets busy, like you're hoping, they're going to rip that grass to shreds. And March rolls around and everybody's been chomping at the bit and they're complaining how cold it is. And the grass hasn't grown in yet. And they're out there taking divot after divot after divot. And next thing you know, you can't grow grass fast enough because one, the season's too short. And two, you don't have any base left. So what you need is you need a an artificial hitting surface that actually feels like grass to golfers or they won't use it. Most of those mats that they have, right, big, thick rubber stuff on the bottom and thin layer of green something on the top. Yeah, it's usually nylon that that they make to look like grass. Yeah, but the truth of that is, is that people don't like hitting off mats because it hurts. Mm -hmm. If they get those old school mats that are out there, right, they're heavy so the wind won't blow them all over the place. But it's the thin top that does it. It's not the heavy base that's a problem. Right. It's the thin top because there's no cush. It doesn't feel like regular grass. So they have to have something that's right. like regular grass. John, if you could have a practice facility full of that, now you have a year-round business. Put a few kerosene heaters in there and stay open even in the, in the winter months. Right, because then the golfers would like it. So could you imagine having this gigantic T-line of this artificial turf that actually feels like grass. Mm-hmm. Every golfer shows up now. You know, a lot of people have said they can make artificial turf that feels like art, like feels like real turf for football players. Why can't they do it for golfers? There's there's a lot of companies out there that try, but there's only a couple of them that I'm aware of that have actually ever done it. One of them is a company called Monster Mats. 
They have something, right? They have something that I've hit off of. It's amazing. Yeah. I'm like, man, I, I want to hit more balls. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I'm waiting on a, um, some, somebody to, uh, to send me a uh, golf simulator now, because I got one of those mats sent to me. It was just, on, it was on the porch one day. I walked up and went, Whoa, what is this big green rug, man? <laughs> but I took it down to the basement and I unfurled it. It's five feet by five feet. And I've set up a little net in the garage and I just started hitting and man, it feels like grass, like ground it feels just like hitting off the course. Exactly. It's beautiful. So now I need yeah. a simulator. So I like never have to uh -huh. go to the golf course again, you know? <laughs> oh, please. Who'd sell you the beer? Well, that's true, man. <laughs> that is true. There is no Bev cart girl in your house. <laughs> that's what I know. Uh, yeah. In fact, so, let me, let me get in touch with, um, with the dude from monster Matt, cause it would be very apropos to this conversation. Maybe we'll get him on in the next segment. Um, Let's get him we, on. we know where he lives. Yeah. He's yeah. in North Carolina, by the way, big shock golf yeah. country. Yeah. And he does, um, he, he does putting greens. I mean, they, does and, he? and one of the things I saw on his website and you can, you can check it out too, as you mentioned a line of, at a driving range. Yeah. He makes his mat in huge, like, you know, five feet from, from front to back, but hundred feet long. Oh, that's awesome. So you can just have this T line that goes as far as you want it to go, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, you you we mentioned Top Golf and some of those places too. Now that that does add an element of fun. It brings people into golf that don't play golf. Yeah, I mean it's like people who go to putt putt. There's all kinds of people who go to putt putt, and some people who are really good at it, but they don't ever go to a golf course. Right, because putt putt is that's the extent of golf to them. Yeah, and the same thing with people who go to Top Golf. A lot of those people just go there to drink and to eat and to hit some balls and have fun. But this yeah. is going to surprise the the hell out of you. Is I went to, to Top Golf with some friends, and one yeah, of the you games have friends? you can what? Yeah, that, well, that's that's that the part that I thought would surprise you. Um, one of the one of the games you can play is uh, you know because they have targets at different yardages all over the the field out there, and they have a game where you get points for hitting the targets, and. Yeah, and especially if you do it in order. You get extra points if you do it in order. All right. They have they have one target at 25 yards, one at 50, one at 75, one at 100, 125, yeah, yeah, yeah. And 150. There were three of us. I hit six consecutive targets. What? Yes. You've been listening. <laughs> Uh, not only do, do, will you not believe that, I found it hard to believe. <laughs> but yeah, I started at the 25 yards, took my little uh, lob wedge and just, you know, put it up there. It went right in the middle. I mean, up, down, no, no rolling in or cheating. A few of them, you know, hit short or to the left or right and rolled in. I still got credit for it because the ball was in the target, but the, the lob wedge and the pitching wedge at 25 and 50 yards were, you know, just up and down, direct, boom, smack boom. in the middle. It was great. It was a beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. 
But uh, John was in the top golf zone. Yes, I was, man. I was. And and the people I was with couldn't believe it either, <laughs> which is, I guess says volumes about me. And uh, about your practice uh, habits. Yeah. Because <laughs> they've heard our show and they're like, he doesn't practice. How's he doing that? Yeah, but it was fun, man. I will admit it was fun. Um, I can tell you why you were so good at those short ones, though. I know the shot. You know the shot, baby. I hinged Works and thumped it, buddy. <laughs> you hinged and thumped it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And if, if we've got a whole show dedicated to the hinge and thump and the, uh, the what is it, the, the, the something in scrape. The, the firm-handed scrape. Firm-handed scrape. Yes. That's it. I'm telling you, it's really simple stuff. But, you know, back to practice, you know, I was out just yesterday with this, like I mentioned this quarterback from this, this college team. And, you know, I taught him, these are the shots you need to master. Here's how it goes. Recorded the stuff on video. He's got it on his cell phone so he can go to the range, to the practice facility and go do those things. And the first question he asked me, was is a hundred of these a day too much? <laughs> well, John, I know that kind of gets you a little bit, you know, but he asked if doing it too much was possible. Yeah. And I smiled and I said, <laughs> Nope. Nope. <laughs> and then I got to and then I got to say my favorite saying that we mentioned at the beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. And that is Good players practice until they get it right. Right. Great players practice until they can't get it wrong. And he looked at me and smiled and said, that sounds very familiar. <laughs> gotcha. It's, it's, it's pretty interesting because people who really, truly want to get better are really engaged. They absolutely are doing what they need to do to improve. Okay. I got the, I got the dude from monster Matt on the phone, man. So really, yeah, we're going to talk. We're going to have him on in the next segment. We come back. This is a a practice mat you can use in your own basement if you need to. And uh, we suggest you do hang out because it's very interesting conversation coming up about a, a cool way to practice right here with those weekend golf guys. Thanks for hanging and coming back. We are those weekend golf guys. I'm John Ashton, Jeff Smith, out on the lesson tee. But we've got Brent Pascal from uh, Safe Play Golf. Another thing, I, I came home one day and there's this large round green thing on my porch. And I immediately went downstairs into the basement, took both cars out of the garage, laid it out and put up a big net. It's fantastic. It's a monster mat and it's it's basically grass. I mean, it's it's for for practicing golf at home in your spare time. And Brent, you're the the brains behind the whole thing, aren't you? I don't know whether I'm the brains behind <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> I have to give my wife and other people credit. But you know, I I have had other mats. I have I have had mats. In fact, uh, my my co-host Jeff has given sure. some instructions on how to put 
a mat together yourself with pieces you buy at Walmart, but they never work anywhere near as good or feel as good as yours does. How did you do that? Because I have a cement floor in my garage. I have the mat on top of it. I don't get any vibration in my hands or elbows or shoulders when I swing my club. Well, the thing about it is other mats, and I'm not going to name the names of them, but the other mats are made to make money. They're made with low-quality materials, and uh, a lot of them are from our good buddies, China. They just are not in the same ballpark is what we do. I have a passionate desire to improve the game of golf through what I build. And that's what I can contribute. I have spent nearly 50 years designing and improving products that actually work from football to golf to soccer. The golf mats are a specifically designed uh, material, product, shock absorbency, everything that goes into what the golfer wants and needs to improve their game. We do not build something that just sells. If it doesn't improve your game, we don't want to be a part of it. And, and I appreciate that. And and the, the whole shock absorber thing actually was shocking, uh, if you pardon the lame attempt at a pun there. When, when I first swung on it, man, it was like, this feels like ground. That is the one argument that most people have about using driving ranges or, or golf simulators is that it doesn't feel like ground. Even if you can get good at the simulator, you still are going to have a whole different feel to the game when you get out on a real course. What I do is I take my monster mat to the driving range and with the typical driving range mat made out of nylon. They're making it to make a profit, to make a big profit. I'm making it to make a difference in the golfer's experience. And when I do that, uh, it just gives me pride. I make good money. I'm satisfied that the golfer's call me on a daily basis and just say, man, I ain't never experienced anything like this. You know, when you do something like that over your lifetime, you really get the satisfaction of what life is about. That's how I approach my thought pattern. Let me just give you kudos, Brent, because it actually worked. And and had I been just a regular golfer and not somebody who was going to talk to you about this at a later date, I too would have given you a call and said, hey, thanks. Greatest thing I've, I've tried to practice on because practice is important. It is the one element that so many of us amateur golfers give up or, or I guess, sacrifice because we want to play the game more often. When you're practicing on a golf mat, whether it's mine or theirs, you want something that simulates natural grass. When you hit a fat shot, you want to feel a fat shot. You want the ball to react to a fat shot. When you hit a skinny shot, you want to feel it. You want to know where you need to be in the realm of playing golf. And to practice on a golf mat, grass, or anything else, if it's not realistic. I'm in North Carolina. Oh, North Carolina. Nobody plays golf in North Carolina, Brent. Come on. I think they have some great courses. I've never been able to master them at all. I was just reading a, an article about the 100 best public courses, and of course, Pinehurst is in there in the like the top oh, five. We just finished some uh, really great 
putting greens for home use and for Pinehurst. We do Augusta. We do the Byron Nelson in Dallas. We do, yeah, just a lot of uh, people that might be well-known. We build products that on our putting greens, they put from about a 12 to 12.5 on the stamp meter. And from our golf simulators and our mats, it the club face comes through the ball at the same club drag speed as it would on a natural fairway as Pinehurst or Augusta. So what you're doing is you're duplicating that you can work on daily and really hit the same shots every day rather than have a toothbrush-like product that stands up that if you hit that, it goes straight up in the air or Mm -hmm. a short, little bitty nylon product that if you hit it fat, it jars your elbows and wrists. Brent Pascal is our guest here from the Safe Play Golf. And <laughs> my wife is probably going to hate you later because one, there's no room for her car anymore in the garage. And two, I told her now that I've got this, I got to go get a simulator. She's not real excited about those prospects, Brent. Oh, I know <laughs> I know the simulator is, is the key ticket. Definitely but. need that. And then, you know, you don't have to go play golf anymore. You just come to Mike. My garage. <laughs> It'll be fun. That's all we need to yeah. do. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But you make this for, for home use, personal use. It's what, five by five, right? Well, we make a five by five. We mm-hmm. make a five by seven, five by 20. Uh, just whatever the consumer wants. Right. Because they all have different needs. We don't just make a stamped out product. We make something that people want, need, enjoy. They've had their mind made up for a period of time and they want what they want. So we make it. What we do is we offer 11 months, three weeks, and six day warranty. All right, listen to this. One day should have a year. If you are not satisfied, if you don't think it's the best surface you've ever hit off of, including Mm -hmm. Pinehurst, Augusta, we will refund your money 100%. But and you got to make that decision within the first 11 months. <laughs> three yeah, weeks and six yeah, days. 11 months, three <laughs> weeks and six days. I'd like you to do it before 11 months, three weeks and four days so we can get them out the door. But we absolutely, I mean, we don't have returns or yeah, refunds. I can see why, man, because like I said, just from the, the first swing, it was, man, this is totally different. But I just want to ask you real quick, too, you being in the business and the supplier to the uh, industry, have you noticed the dedicated driving range becoming less and less popular? Is it just being replaced by Top Golf and in, in places like that? Or Top Golf for years, it was owned by Richard Branson. Yeah. He's a good guy and everything like that, but he had his mats made over in Europe. They're not the quality of what they are. And in then, you have uneducated people in the golf industry, in golf driving range mats, and they say, hey, this monster mat is 398 which includes shipping. Boy, I can buy one on Amazon for $220. I hear tears and tears and tears yeah. about people who buy these things and say, well, man, they said it was a great mat. But I've been doing this all my life, and I could I could build a cheaper one 
and I could make more money. Mm-hmm. It's just that simple. But you couldn't build a better one. I won't do it. Right. I will not. I will not compromise my reputation in the industry. And if you think my reputation in the industry is here or there, my competitors call me every day and want to know what to do about a particular problem or or a product. And it it's it's comical because. Mm-hmm. Uh, we really, really, I do, and my whole team does, enjoys having the best products on the market. Gotcha. Art, Run past our artificial, artificial turf for football fields, we guarantee it for 16 years. Wow. Our, competit- our competitors guarantee theirs for eight and so there's something very different about what we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, it's it, you can you can tell the difference as soon as you swing. First swing, you can tell the difference. Brent Pascal, Safe Play Golf, uh, shameless self promotion, man. People listening right now, you did mention it's three ninety eight, which includes shipping for the five by five one. Um, how do how do people find it? Get more information, take a look, and maybe order one or two or twelve. Thank you so much. Where do they go to get one, man? Do what? Where Where can uh, the listeners go to Safe get one? Play, safeplaygolf.com. Simple Safe enough. Safeplaygolf.com or monstermat.golf. Okay, It'll cool. take you right to our website. You can order online. And we'll, we'll usually ship it out the same day that you order Sounds good. Brent Pascal, safeplaygolf.com or monstermat.golf. Appreciate you spending time with us here on those weekend golf guys. Of course, we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash golf guys. We would love it if you were to go there and like us. We'd love it even more if you'd go there and follow us, facebook.com slash golf guys. Welcome back. We are those weekend golf guys. I am John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith. And I have not had a chance to get out to the golf course because primarily of of schedule and weather. Uh, Every day I'm free, it's raining. And every day it's not raining, I mow my lawn. So there you go. But uh, I have supplemented my golf, Jones, by hitting off of the mat they sent me that's down in the garage. That's cool. You know, the problem is with just the net, I have no idea where the ball goes. Ah. You know, I can feel Guess it if what? I hit it fat. I can feel it if I hit it thin. I can feel it if I hit it solid. Right. But I don't know where the ball is going because it goes oh, about oh, eight well. feet out and hits the net and stops. So I got to so, get a simulator, man. Right. So, okay. So you're on the, you're jonesing for a simulator, but let me tell you and the rest of the world what you can learn from hitting into a net. Now. Well, a, a, a net gets hurt. She bruises easily, man. <laughs> <laughs> she probably Sorry. gets a little cranky, too, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, you know, I've spent so many years, you know, at Otter Creek indoors mm-hmm. and out, and also at Timbergate indoors and out in Indiana. Right. I was hitting into a screen. And so what I learned, you can put lines on your mat Here's an example. You can use a Sharpie and draw some lines on your mat and hit off of that. Or you can line up some pennies. 
So I have a row of pennies, four on one side of the club and four on the other side of the club head. And there's about a quarter inch between the toe and the penny and the heel and the penny, right? So I got a little bit of racing room between these rows of pennies that I could swing my club in. And you know what I have? A visual of my swing path. Right, then I put a penny in between, in the middle. And then I know where my landing spot of my club is. So I've just learned when I make a swing indoors that I got feedback because I landed it on a penny. And what? One penny goes flying. So how do you stop the penny? We have a net, so why don't you take a bed sheet and hang it over the net? So that way it'll catch the penny and drop it to the ground. Then on that bed sheet, you draw a line, vertical line for your target line. And that extends from, from essentially the, the top, ceiling to floor, so to speak. Right. So you have a vertical line as your target line. On that target line, hits the floor, and then you take a piece of tape on the floor and draw it back to the mat. So that way, you have a straight line. You got these pennies that you see the target line. You swing through there. You see it on the ground because you put a piece of tape there. And then that is right underneath the vertical line. So you have this basically this visual straight line. Now you can see where that penny hits. Did it hit on the line? In which case, the club face was pointed straight. Did the penny hit to the right of the line? In which case, the club face was facing to the right. Did the penny hit to the left of the line? Which case were the club face facing to the left? And then you would know what kind of ball flight you would get right away because that mm -hmm. would be where your ball would start. So if you have evidence of where your ball starts and you have evidence of your swing direction because you have pennies on the ground and you swing between them and you know that your club face is going straight, it's traveling straight, it's facing straight, you know darn well your ball is going straight. Now back to the pennies on the mat. So let's say that, John, I have a a row of pennies on the mat and I wipe out the entire row on the body side, my side of the club head. Doesn't that mean that my arms got closer to my body and I pulled the club inward, even though it was swinging forward toward the target? Yes, it does. So I could learn that I did that. How about if I wiped out the entire row of pennies on the other side? Doesn't that mean my arms got farther from my body? Yet it was Does. still traveling forward. Ah, that's good. What if I wiped out a portion of the line on the inside? Like I came over the top. I hit the penny in the middle of those two lines. And then I wiped out the front two pennies on the inside. That would mean I'm swinging across my body, doesn't yeah, it? That was apparent, yes. What if I wiped out the ones... On the outside, on the first two going away, doesn't that mean my swing was coming from in to out? Yes, it does. How cool. So here you are, and you've got this monster mat. Feels good in your in your basement there, John. And then you've got this net, and you got a screen, or I mean a bed sheet hanging over with a string thing on it. Mm -hmm. You'll now know what's going to happen yes. and where your ball flies. All right, so now go to a golf ball. You hit balls into your net. So you take the screen away. And then you take some tape. I use duct tape or I use Gorilla Tape. Okay. You know that tape line on the floor? It won't stick to the net. Right. Okay. Unless you stick it to more tape that's on the back side of that net. The gummy side of the tape with a net in the middle taped to the gummy side of the other tape. Mm -hmm. So you got front and back tape, gummy to gummy, but the net's in the middle. So now you do have a real live legitimate target line on the net. Now you're no longer hitting pennies, so you don't need the bed sheet to stop it. 
But so now that you're hitting golf balls again, you can still hit between pennies. You can still see where your club's traveling. Right. Yeah. And then you can still see because you got a target line of duct tape on your net. Next thing you know, you know where your ball starts too. And if yeah. your swing's going in one direction and your ball starts the other direction, you know you're curving it. <laughs> right. It becomes apparent quickly. You yes. really legitimately could get a lot better and know where your ball's going to go. And you don't need the sim. Yeah. Sorry, I busted your bubble on the sim. Oh, no, you didn't bust my bubble on the sim. I'm still going to get one. I'm still going <laughs> to bang everybody <laughs> I know. <laughs> but, but until it happens, I mean, I've got. Uh, I'm getting way to jury rig the whole situation. Hey, come on. You know this deal. You're in radio. People yeah. give you stuff. That's it. I mean, that's that's as intrepid producer Mark says to people, we are those weekend golf guys. People give us stuff. So yeah. <laughs> yeah that's it, go. right? Yeah. So but yeah, um, so so that's how you could learn to get better without seeing the ball fly. Yeah. So people in the North learn to do this all the time because they're jonesing for golf. It's winter, like 99% of the year, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, everybody likes to complain about Indiana, in, you know, in there, because there's good reason to, um, <laughs> you know, for the, for the weather, right? Yeah. You know, they're like, yeah, it's six months of winter and six months of road repair. No, it's six months of humidity yeah. is what it is, okay? And road repair. <laughs> But no, that's what happens, you know, is, is we train, we have to do the indoor training. So we have to learn how to make that work. And all we do is understand the simple physics of, of contact. Mm -hmm. And it's the difference between where the face is facing and the, where the face is traveling to. And if I've got both those pieces of information in front of me, I know where my ball's going. Right. You can figure it out. It, so it, can it practice. follows yeah. as the night, the day. To quote Mr. Shakespeare, who I understand was a scratch golfer. He's pretty good. Really? Yeah. Of course. Prove me wrong. Um, yeah, right. Of course, the game hadn't <laughs> been invented when he was around, but that's okay. Um, one caveat, however, is people people will say, well, I can use pennies, but man, a dime is a smaller target. Or I only have nickels. No, the copper use nickel. won't screw up the head of your club. That's right. I'm telling you. The metal and all the other long coinage will. Believe me, you got a lot of pennies and they're really cheap, but you know what? They are softer than the face of your club. And I cannot say that about a nickel. Uh -huh. That's right. Right? And dimes, well, you know, dimes are just too expensive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got pennies, dude. Use pennies. <laughs> hey, last weekend we had uh, that um, Revolve golf cart uh, featured. Which yeah. is a marvelous thing, especially if you're going to be walking a course um, or you're playing a cart only situation where you just keep the wheels on the cart, pull it off the golf cart and take your whole bag to where your ball is. So you don't have to make back and forth trips. You can go to revolvegolf.com and still get one at only 200 bucks. If you use weekend golf guys, you can get $50 off um, and monster mat, uh, com. Go check this out. They got videos and everything. You can see exactly what we're talking about. And if you like to practice, if you like to practice or want the opportunity to practice at home, emulating golf course uh, conditions, then this is a good choice for you to do. And if you own a golf uh, practice facility, check out what they have for you too. Okay. Um, you can also still go to uh, those weekend golf guys.com 
and become an insider and get the podcast version uh, with no commercials and access to the videos that uh, we do while we're recording because we record video too. And you can see our, uh, our delicious mugs. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's that. that. Any questions on technique or any problems you might be having, please feel free to uh, to get in touch with Jeff at jeffsmithgolfinstruction.com. Is that it? Or yeah, did I get that's it, it. Wrong? No, you got it Jeff, right. jeffsmithgolfinstruction.com. And uh, if the question is something uh, of an everyman idea, then uh, probably feature the question on the show in an upcoming episode. Get your answers to you and also help everybody else who may be feeling the same way. So anyhow, we appreciate you being around. Check out uh, the, the good folks who have participated with us and be back next week. All right. We appreciate it. Uh, but you do want to get one of those masks or, or do some of the techniques that Jeff has described so that you will be better the next time you go out to play some golf. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.